How many other people can you have these roundtable discussions with? Well, you know, that's why we're here, you know, because... No, but I'm just saying. I would say quite a few. Because I have these convos with you, especially. You're harder to catch on the phone, but you, like, will... We might not talk for, like, a month and then spend three weeks discussing Baz Luhrmann. You know what I mean? (laughs) Or something... Just something so pedestrian. But I'm just saying. But bringing it back to what... It's actually... The motivation of what this whole chat was about was what drives a person and what motivates motivation, your personal experience and in general, right? Obviously, birds of a feather will flock together, right? Yeah. So, so you're attracted to people. You bring as many similar birds around <laughs> you to be your friends. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But you spend years doing that. Have you ever sat and just eavesdropped at like a party <sighs> or another gathering with people that you may not know that well? Or whatever, and just felt like a complete fucking bird, uh, fish out of water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. What are these people discussing? Because I'm, I'm hearing, like I just said, Demi Lovato, and you said, "Who's that?" Mm. I said, "I don't know." I think she's a singer. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Demi Lovato in some other people's worlds would be like the biggest thing on the planet, following her on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, yeah, everything. I gotta, so, I, I don't know. I just, I think it's interest, man. Like it's I, about I don't, interest. Yeah, I, I don't. I think birds are fucked together, you know, it is. It's like you you, you basic, you know, you find people that mm. you can have conversations with that are interested in the same things that you are, you know, and you can have those interesting conversations. Not everyone's going to dig what we discuss no. and not everyone's going to, you know, uh, agree with our opinions, but, you know, we're and, here and we're on a podcast and we're talking about- And going out with a lot of girls on, I call them meetings, you know- <laughs> Meetings. Meetings, not meetings. Dates. You know, they're meetings. I remember that you said yeah, I had a meeting the other day. Yeah. With them, like the meeting. A meeting. Yeah. <laughs> quite often the discussions there, to me, just are boring. You know, they're, they're one dimensional. They yeah. don't have much to say. I mean, I don't know whether people are nervous or whatever, but quite often on these meetings. Here's, a, here's an interesting question f- not, f- not much for you guys said. Yeah. to do about this. Do you find that you can have interesting conversations, or should I say, mm. Are the conversations that you have with your male friends uh, are they are they as can you have as stimulating and interesting conversations with your female friends or females? Yes, in well, the female friends, most of the female friends that I have tend to lean a little bit more towards the mask. I well, think in the way that they think to a point and okay. the way that they elaborate and the, and the things that they like to discuss elaborate so they, they like to get into similar topics that men like to talk about what is generally considered to be more masculine types of conversations politics history world events okay sex and all that stuff you know a variety of different things uh and i've the female friends that i've had i've had for a long time um so yeah. So when you go on, you know, on one of your meetings, on the meeting, which could become a rendezvous, yeah, a rendezvous, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you find <laughs> you find it quite rare to have those kinds of discussions yes. with these females? I have far better discussions with men I meet out and about. Do you know, like just random conversations with men that I don't know, right? As I find that we tend to bond quite quickly as friends or as men, and we have these great discussions. That I in, and I enjoy them, but I find that with generally with women on these meetings, mm. no, it, it's very. Would you say it's superficial? Uh, the conversation to, to a point. With women, yeah, with mm. women, it can be superficial. It can be very one level. It's like, oh, you know, how was your week? 
what do you do? You know, mm-hmm. there isn't there isn't much. I remember I had a, a really bad. Me- well, it was an interesting meeting with a with a girl, and we were dis- discussing our past dating experiences. Mm-hmm. And somehow South Americans came up, no. and then we got into Br- then Brazilians came up. I think I might have yeah. mentioned Brazilians, and then I just kind of said, you know, well, the Brazilians are very sexually charged people. Their culture is very sexual. You've seen the bachata. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> and she said, and she got all all prickly and precious princessy on me, and she goes, "Oh my god, too much information." And you know what? I thought to myself, <laughs> I thought to myself, you know what? Fuck you, you know, you worthless, immature, silly, insecure little girl. Like I have no time for people that can't have a mature, sensible discussion about culture and sexuality. I I wasn't being dirty. I didn't say anything graphic. I just said Brazilians are a sexually charged people. And she reacted the way she reacted. So that to me was the biggest deal Do you deal reckon breaker. that was just because of her own kind of like prudishness? Yes. I think in part it was because I probably came across far more sexually experienced than she did. Right. But okay. on the phone before we met, she was asking me questions. She asked me if I like to be pegged. Really? And I what? said- yeah, and she I actually said, asked you. Yeah, and I said no. <laughs> I answered the questions honestly with a bit of humor, and and um, she goes, do you, "Do you like?" She goes, "Do you like being whipped?" And I said, "Not really. I'd rather be the one wielding the whip, but I don't care <laughs> if someone wants wielding. to whip me with and then, a centurion helmet." <laughs> and then she goes, "Do you like to fuck chicks up the ass?" She actually okay. Yeah, and then I said, "Yeah, I like it Greek style. You're giving it Greek style." Wait you a know, second, hang on, hang on. Yeah. She's asking these questions. Yeah. Prior to the meeting. But this is the p- point I'm making. And then she said, oh, you know, I'm quite difficult to get into bed. But then, you know, once you've got me there, I'm wild. And I was thinking, I don't think you're that wild, dear. But anyway, so then, you know, going to this meeting and then watching the way she reacted to talking about Brazilian Why would culture she and sexuality. ask you those questions up front, straight to the, like, point blank? Yeah. But then squirm then at squirm. the thought of- Well, you know what I think? It was either it was just her insecurities playing up or she thought that she had to play the precious little princess in or because it's the safe face or whatever. Well, that's what men want apparently well certainly not what i want but yeah it ju- she just came across as pathetically insecure and in- infantilized and i thought i don't want people around like that like uh, you know someone that can't just have a, a discussion about you know culture and sexuality because she thought that was too much information she didn't like you know, going there. So yeah, was, she asked you if you've been pegged. Yeah. She asked me these questions on the phone and she didn't. I'm Captain Peg Leg, mate. Yeah, and then we, yeah. She was of an Islamic background. They don't call me Peg Leg for <laughs> We got into it over um, Israel and West Bank. and I mean, she was, a, like I said, Islamic. So oh then it went God. into that. This is sounding and, terrible. Um, it sounds like horrible. Like, yeah, it, it was. First it was a fucking conversations. It was a horrible. Somehow it came up, and then I should have just kept my mouth shut, but I didn't. But she was just full of emotional dribble. It was, she didn't really have anything. Emotional dribble. Well, she didn't really have much to say apart from she doesn't like. She doesn't want anyone to get hurt. She doesn't want people dying. Well, of course, ninety nine point nine percent of us don't want that. But you're not actually saying anything interesting. So, you know, we left it at that. She said that, you know, she didn't think that we were compatible. I said, I agree with you, we're not. And then six days later, uh, she sent me a photo of Gaza on fire. Why? And she goes, do you still think Israel is and the Jews are so great? And then I started hammering her about some historical and political points. And I thought only I go out on a meeting and get harassed by a 
you know, a free Palestine <laughs> fanatic. But yeah, there Look, was. I think. But she couldn't. That's my point. Is that all the discussions? That's just one of many that I've had with women that I've gone out with. Right. Is that it was, it's just all surface level? When you actually look at the discussions, n- nothing, nothing much is really being talked about. It's just continuous small talk, or it's a little bit more towards the surface level. And I don't deal well with that. I don't mind that initially, but if it's an, if that's the ongoing rhythm and pattern then you're going to lose me very quickly. Do you reckon that's just based on the fact that people might feel intimidated or, you know, don't want to show all their cards straight away? Like, no. I, not, a, not in the Or do you think cases. it's just their personalities? Like, I just think it's a, I just, some people are just, like, look, some people are just an ongoing <clears throat> small talk. I've got, you know, I've got friends obviously that I can discuss Israel and Palestine with, right? Mm. Then I've got people that will know a thing about Israel or Palestine. Mm. It doesn't have, it's not necessarily their fault. Right? No, it's no one's to blame. It, no, it's not their fault, and they don't have to have an interest in world politics. No, right? No, but as long as it's some depth to that personality, yeah, it doesn't have to be in world politics. It can be in cooking. It could be in anything, but have Absolutely. some depth. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that's what I was thinking about in the whole sort of conversation that I wanted to have with you guys in regards to motivation and and inspiration and stuff. When you meet people. Mm. And they're just reeling off, like, you know, if you've got 10 quick minutes with them and they've reeled off surface level shit across the board and they know who, you know, Demi Lovato is, right? Yeah. And what her latest pronoun is. Yeah. But then they also know what happened in the last episode of Neighbours. Mm. And then then they start going off about some bad relationship they've had. And it's like, what? Like 10 minutes in. <sighs> like, like I said, I can forgive... Not, I can forgive. I can understand and totally accept that people will have different interests to me and be critical and be passionate about different things differently than me. I totally get that. Mm. But it's when there's no passion and when the passion is all surface level materialistic shit or to yeah. type. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, a lot of the girls I've gone out with love that seem to be their greatest passion was shopping. What? Where are you <laughs> finding these people? Uh, no, no. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> shopping and. A man spending a lot of money on them. Uh, a lot of these girls love the idea of a man spending a whole heap of money on them on, on luxury goods and services because that shows how much he likes her or cares about her or in some cases loves her. I remember I told a woman off once. I didn't tell her off, but I just shook my head, who was someone I considered a friend and pretty level-headed. Mm. She was talking about having a date with a dude like that evening, but she couldn't be fucked going. I was like, why? I was a douchebag, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, so why are you going? Oh, he's taking me to somewhere on Left Bank. I'm like, what? What's Left Bank? Some What's... restaurant, like, in the, in the city. Oh, right. Somewhere along, like, near Crown. Ah. Uh, okay, so you're going out with this dude purely because he's taking you to some flash restaurant, and you like, and, and she liked his car. Mm. He had a nice car. Yeah, because they're looking at, at it from the angle of security and stability. You know, this, also, ma- this man's got money, also, maybe. Yeah, but also, and his ability to, you know, be generous with his wealth. Yeah. You know, this is a big thing. You know, it's an attraction. You know, it's the same thing that man, it's 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 built into us. You know, when you look at look at the peacock, you know? <laughs> spreading its uh yeah. spreading its tail. Do you, you reckon know? the dick pick is the modern day peacock feathers? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. The dick pick. Um Is it a form of peacocking? Yeah. It certainly is a form of peacocking, yeah. But women aren't aren't into it from like the thing that get some chicks okay. are. 
Now, hang on. <laughs> I'm not saying... Why are you saying it with a twinkle look, in your eye? If you've got, if you've got, if you've got I'm not dick pics, yeah, I might get you Yeah, but places. it won't get you anywhere off the bat. If it's a woman or if it's a person you've established rapport with, mm. maybe had a few encounters, then I can see the point of it. But... Off the bat, as in he's a stranger on the internet. Yeah, let no. me send a dick with pic women. Through. It doesn't really. It's not a thing but that why women men look keep for. doing it. I don't because know, dumb cunts. Because, no, it's, it's <laughs> egotism. <laughs> it's egotism. They want to be commended on their cock. You know, our cocks are so vital to our beings. You imagine if <laughs> someone cut off our cocks tomorrow. You know, I'd kill myself. You know, I'd, <laughs> if I didn't have my cock, I wouldn't want to live. Do you know? What I, mean? I would I feel less live. of a man. I wouldn't. It's such a central part of our manhood and our identity, and so much is built around down there. They did that in The Sopranos. Did you ever? Did you ever watch The Sopranos? Of course, I loved it. Yes, yeah. I've seen it three times. They've got the um, mm. those Orthodox Jews that they're trying to deal with, and they oh, don't. Yeah. They're trying to get this guy to sign a divorce over, but because it'll bring shame on the family, yeah. he won't. So they're torturing him for like you know hours. Mm. Tony just gives up, calls up Hesh, and says, <laughs> Hesh, yeah. "We can't get this guy to break. Look what the hell's going on." And he goes. Take away the one thing that means the most. Finish your circumcision. He's like, brilliant. So he goes, <laughs> goes this poorly, get the bolt cutters. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. That's what the, they resorted to. This yeah. is the thing. That so when, when guys send dick pics to whomever they're sending them to, they want to be mm. commended. Because it yeah. makes us, Good it job. makes men, yeah, well like, done, sir. Yeah. B plus, <laughs> great <A> size, plus. <laughs> you know. Well done, sir. <laughs> That's you, a gold standard, right there. <laughs> you've got a meaty, meaty Greek cock, you know, or something like that. But what do they think is going to happen? Like this bird's just going to go nuts? Do yeah, they? maybe some. But, okay, look, let's talk aesthetics, right? <laughs> you look at ancient, not ancient, but you look at medieval time artwork throughout cultures across the world. Yeah. A big, fat cock. Remember <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that from Fight Club? They all know they saw it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A, a caricature of a penis was always mm. something comical and disgusting. Yeah. You know, demons were drawn with hideous, like, you know, body work. Yeah. Michelangelo's David mm. was carrying nothing. He's got a micro penis. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Literally. It's very Because small. they saw it as aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. When did it get turned around? When we became obsessed with pornography. Well, we don't know what it looked like hard. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, well, there's no content. Yeah, yeah do you know what I mean? Like, like and generally dick pics of hard cocks or semi, yeah. uh, half mast at least. Half mast. <laughs> I'm a big fan of that. That's a great term. I, I also think it's, 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 it, it, is a, <laughs> it is a cultural thing too, because like when you think yeah. about back then, you know, the whole thing when, when they had, you look at the, you know, the ancient Greek statues where they got the, you know, those jester characters with a giant heart on that's like, yeah. <laughs> and they're grabbing it like with two hands. Um, and that was considered like, a. They, they were the jokesters. They were the kind of the jesters, the, yeah. um, and they were very animalistic. And whereas if you were someone of high value, you were, you know, you Refined. weren't that, you know, you yeah. were dignified. Yeah. You were more, you know. Heady, cerebral. I think, I think you're right. It is a it is a form of peacocking, but so are body body shots in general. Taking you know shots of your your body, your chest, your arms. The selfie from the the certain angle in the specific part of the house because of the lighting. Body yes. pics, cock pics, but you know also you know we we talked about how you know a guy that throws cash around appeals to women. Again, that's a form of peacocking. I mean, the amount of times I've seen 
and observed guys doing that. Whether they are as loaded as they claim to be or they imply, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day because they are also peacock feathers. And men know that that's a way to, you know, lure women in. I think that works far better than cockpicks. You mean making it rain with, with dollar bills? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Walking around with these guns just loaded up. <laughs> well, yeah. literally, man, you go to a lot of clubs in America and stuff, like, it's it's all about that, you know? You get these Correct. rich Saudis that come in, and they go to these New York clubs, and they get their table, and they just like, and they'll just have, you know, women come to their thing, you know what I mean? It's a whole thing. Yeah. You know, who, who can who can flash the most? Yeah, and this is yeah. why when I meet women, you know, the second or third question they ask me is, so what do you do? Yes. Because that question yes. is trying to ascertain yes. a salary 100%. a salary bracket. But it's not even that, man. It's it, it's actually beyond that. It's uh, I think the salary is an indication to something else, which is about power and it's about prestige. It's about status. It's about all these things. So if you're, for instance- you know, with you know, with some with some women, the whole me being an actor thing is a real like they're they're supercharged by it. They're mm-hmm. like, oh my yeah. god! Yeah, well, I used yeah. to tell people that I like I, I ran a media company. Yeah, and then you know, like, what do you mean? I'm like, all right, well, did you see the latest music video by blah blah blah? Like, we did that. Oh, what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, I remember an event we all went to back in like fuck, like 2012 or something. We were all there. Well, they're on Simo's ticket. He was paying for advertising in like a media company in Australia, in Melbourne, or maybe it was Australian wide. I don't know. I was a national, yeah, it's a national media, <sighs> yeah, yeah, some company. sort of magazine. We're doing PR with them, yeah, yeah, PR, yeah. And we went on your ticket. You invited me and this guy down to the yeah. Christmas party, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. had just gotten a gig. I can't remember what role it was, but it was a half decent gig, mm. and we had just done a music video which had gone national. Oh, okay. And we're standing around, and these girls turned around. Like, we're just standing around. Oh. <laughs> I'll never forget this. Where was this in, like, in the city? Or Somewhere top? in Brunswick? Yeah, yeah. Well, we would have Fitzroy? Been in, Fitzroy. We yeah, would have yeah. been in our early to mid-20s. Wait, that was a minute, long this time was like 2012. So, yeah, like mid to late 20s. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, a long I remember time ago. this. I'll never forget it. Yeah. Because yeah. we're standing around. We're, I remember, I think, pretty sure we were all single at the time. We're all, like... Just coming into our lanes, basically. Yeah. And we're having a great- I remember it was a great freaking night. It was a good night, yeah. yeah. there was that woman that looked like Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> we lost our shit. <laughs> you look like Elizabeth Taylor. She's like, yeah, I get that a lot. <laughs> we took a photo with her. Um, I remember these, this group of girls just turned around and looked at me and said, oh, you, what do you do? <laughs> I went, sorry? She goes, what are you doing here? Like, how are you here at this event? And I just looked at her and then you guys sort of sidled in behind her. And I said, well, I go, I'm a, I go, I'm a media producer. I go, he's a, what did I say? Like a fashion something. I go, and he's an actor. Well, what have you done? Like, what do you mean? Mm. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to get into this with you now. Like, you serious? He goes, no. Like, what have you done? I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, I remember I put out it's my inevitable. business card. It's yeah. inevitable. I go, you see his business card? So, she read it. She goes, yeah. Then I put out my phone, got on YouTube and mm. pumped like the latest music video we'd done for some ARIA like artist. I go- you see the name underneath there? Does it match the card? She goes, oh my God, yeah, I know this clip. I'm like, yeah, okay, we did that. Okay, he was in, and like, I started pointing at shit. And then, like, um, man, and they went off. Literally, uh, man, literally, to, like, I'm, I'm on hinge, right? Chad, chat, you know, he, literally just hours before I came here, and this chick's like asking me f- the first thing she asks. Da, 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 after we have the initial hello. Yeah. 
I'm well and you, da da da. What work do you do? Yeah, see, this is the thing. Uh, you know, and, then, and then I tell her, and I go, because I'm, I'm working in a casting, I'm, I'm, I'm working for a casting agency. Casting agent, like, well, that and then I have to explain, I, I, I cast actors for commercials, da da da. Oh, have you ever done acting? And I'm like, yes, I'm an actor. I'm an actor as well as an agent. And she's like, oh, is there anything I might have seen you in? This is, this is why I never tell people I'm an actor. Yeah, yeah. If they haven't seen me, if they don't know who I am, then I avoid it because it becomes this whole fucking thing about me trying to prove yeah. who I am. And then I'm just like, fuck this. I send her a fucking link to my IMDb and I just go, that's my CV. Yeah, easier. Like, <laughs> I told someone I, I, I do voiceovers, like, what do you mean? What have you done that I would have heard? I'm like, oh, for fuck's sakes. Like, okay, you should, okay, I see, and I pointed to Peter Jackson. I go, here. I got a Peter Jackson head. What it's do you just, mean? Yeah, it's it's annoying, and I, and I just try and re- any any time the attention comes on me about what I do, I yeah. I quickly just turn it around. Yeah, yeah, quickly address it, and then yeah. I turn it around on them and I ask them questions. Because about what, what they they're doing. trying to figure out, uh, we talked about you know level of salary, but it's also they're trying to figure out you know stability, security, yeah. what you can bring to the table. Yeah. When I tell people, women, whatever, that I work in commercial construction. Every time I mention commercial construction, their eyes light up, <laughs> and there's yeah because they're thinking dollars. They're thinking they're thinking dollars because yeah. it, is, it is the industry. Yeah, they they they're thinking dollars, and and but also not, not all women are like that. No, uh, as in no, they're, no, they're, not. they're not. They're all 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 chasing money. They're all chasing some form of like the 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 girls that are into. You know, the person being, you know, like having some sort of like prestige as an actor or whatever is that there, there's some sort of fame attached to it. So there's a lot of attention on that. So because they, they, they want that, they want that attention. You see, the women that want that attention are kind of into that. You know what I'm saying? Like they're, they're kind of like they, they want, they want to be seen. Do you remember what Chris Rock said? Like a guy asking a, a group of guys get together. And then, you know, one of the boys could say, you know, I'm meeting, um, seeing this new bird or whatever. And what are the typical questions the guys ask? It's like, you know, what she look like? Yeah. You know, the, you know, the That's blah, blah, my blah. first question. Yeah, yeah. What does she look like? You know, what you, all that shit. Yeah. First question women ask is, what does he do? What does he yeah, do? What does like, he do? Can this guy facilitate a dream or not? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Can, can he facilitate, yeah. you know, can he facilitate what I need in life? And it mm. goes a little bit deeper than just mere money, as as you're mm. implying as well. It goes down to the levels of security. You know what? I read someone, I, actually, I didn't read it. Someone told me about it. Um, I was talking to a couple about their, um, just, yeah, there was a new couple that I just met, sort of thing, through friends and stuff. And I was just asking them, so how'd you guys, you know, get together? They haven't been together for, you know, six months, a year or whatever, but they were getting married. And um, I said, so, had, you know, it's a bit quick, you know, how, how to get together. And the guy said, and they both had seemingly the same answers. The guy started it off by saying something like, the most important thing is that we both love ourselves. We're both comfortable with who we are. We both like who we are as individuals. We're comfortable with where we're headed. And together, we can facilitate that dream moving forward mm. as, a, as, as a unit. Yeah. Absolutely. But Similar visions of life. Yeah. yeah. It isn't one individual that needs the other person to build them up. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Or facilitate that dream. They both have a keen understanding of themselves. Mm. They're comfortable. They're confident. And they don't have that baggage. I would say that's pretty rare. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, very, it's very rare, rare because that's very smart. But I think, you know, in the West, you know, we expect maybe our partners to be our everything, to provide yeah, everything see, that we need. See, the thing that I say, like the, thing, the, the, thing, the thing that I get, right, is that I don't think your partner has to be 
on your level 100% as far as what you're passionate about and whatever. Mm. You could have totally different, like similar, similarly inclined uh, interests obviously yeah. helps, right? Common, common fucking interests, right? Mm. Obviously helps. But it's not necessarily being passionate about the same things, but just having a level of passion and interest towards life and being content. Mm. That needs to be there because if, and it's one thing to be with someone, even just your friends, yeah. and fall back and fall away from where you wanted to be and have to lean on people. But it's one thing to lean on people and another thing expecting other people to carry you indefinitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or that that's other, when it gets tiresome. And that other person to pr- provide everything that you exactly. want to need out of life. And that's, I think that's the key. Yeah. You need to have other outlets. It's, it's not, I don't think it's particularly healthy to rely on your partner for absolutely every single thing. Eight billion people on the planet. Yeah, and every single outlet to be via your partner. No, I don't think that's a, that's a good idea at all. But there are some people that, that do live that way. Yeah. And I think that, that can be problematic. It depends on, you know, a, a lot of, a lot of relationships, you know, become codependent in that way. You know what I mean? Like, mm. It's um, one thing yeah. because if you've gone through a rough patch, you know what I mean? Or maybe you're figuring yourself out. Maybe you're in a transitional period. Maybe your, your career is changing. You know, whatever it is, it's one thing to lean on someone. It's another thing to be reliant on them forever. Yeah. Or for everything. For everything. Exactly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If you're trying to fill a void, uh, you know, that's that's deep within you and you want, you know, that's not going to work. Mm. Um, but yeah, there is, there, there, there's obviously, there has to be some sort of leaning in a relationship. Otherwise, why be in one? So then- where does the motivation, this is what I was trying to say before, getting up in the morning, we obviously have, I mean, we have different lives, we have common interests, we have different lives. What motivates you to get up in the morning and do what you do, right? Are you a product of your environment? You know, are dreams, uh, like, you know, does it make a difference where you grow up about in regards to your outlook on life? What gets you inspired? Can you look to people doing better than you as inspiration or does that fuel your anger? It's a good question. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I understand what you're saying. I, I think I think you can, for me, yeah, I mean, it depends. I mean, anything can give you inspiration. If you can connect with whatever that is, if it gives you inspiration, you can use that as fuel to, you know, move forward or pursue your dreams or whatever it might be. And, you know, you might, depending on, I guess, you know, where you come from or, you know, what story, what narrative you have for yourself, you know, you might get inspired by, you know, say you grew up, you know, in a difficult situation and, you know, you struggled and this and that, you know, you might find someone's story inspirational, you know, you might find, you know, the story of Stallone, you know, making Rocky, you know, that might be a real inspirational story for you, whatever. It is a good story. Yeah, that, that's that's one yeah. example. But, um, yeah, I mean, inspiration can come from anywhere, I think. Yeah. You reckon? But I think there's an abundant amount of people walking around completely uninspired and indifferent. Yes. Well, there's a lot of indifference and a lot of, <laughs> yeah, and a lot of complacency and a lot of, yeah, all that stuff. That's one of your words too. <laughs> indifference. I, look, I mean, uh, I'm a testament for me and I think for everyone here, not just me, for every, every person sitting here, you know, we, we are a testament. We, we are people that uh, we need inspiration in our lives, you know, otherwise what's the point? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we, we're, we're creative people. Uh, we're people that 
you know, we want to we want to do something for ourselves, you know. And so, in order to do that, you need to have inspiration. But put it this way: like, if I didn't have the project or projects that I have that I work on, then I think it would be a struggle to get up in the morning. If it was, yeah, I think that's what gets me up in the morning. I'm very, as you know, very structured (laughs) in the way I live and the way I work. So every morning exercise, every morning the same breakfast because it suits me and it makes me feel good. You sound like Patrick Bateman, man. (laughs) (laughs) And my my cleanser and my- I can do almost a thousand. Yeah. (laughs) My moisturizer routine and and the rosehip oil as well. Yeah, but also I wake up every morning with a mission. Yeah. Apart from my morning exercise routine and that- it's about certain things that I'm I'm striving for and I'm I'm achieving. Do you have that mission as a statement that's written out that you read to yourself? No, it's it's in it's in my head. Oh, I, as in um like a uh, like a vision board. Mm. I don't yeah, know a, a, vision. Man, a mantra. Like no, a mantra. It's, it's all in my head. I mean, there are things that I've got written out that are part of my mission, obviously in mm-hmm. planned format. Mm-hmm. But I've got, let's say, a handful of 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 goals. Or objectives, okay. you know that I'm that I'm working towards, and that th- that's what keeps me happy. Yeah, well, that, that because, ma- it makes yeah. perfect sense and because you, got, yeah, and you need got, a goal. You need a you need something to, to to aim towards. Yeah, and my you know my parents have described me, I guess, as relentless. They sometimes I think they're just amazed by my energy, and I, and I feel that that energy is there because it's what makes me happy. Mm. There's just this huge drive in me. I used to be a when I was younger I I was my focus was a little bit different and I guess the drive was more intense for me it was probably a louder form of it but as I've gotten older it's far more quiet it's far more subtle but it's still very measured and it's it's still the same kind of drive it's just not a showman if that not a showman perspective yeah, it's more undercover now it's more discreet. undercover it's more discreet so I work towards it and I've got say you know five things on my list and I've got those in the back of my head when I wake up, you know, when I go to bed, when I'm walking around every day, I can feel it. And some people might say, well, that sounds a bit intense or how do you deal with that? Um, and I have certain standards that I expect of myself. You know, it could be work, it could be health and fitness, it could be whatever. But it's what keeps me going and it's what keeps me happy. So if you took all that away from me, then I'd probably be a very sad sad person if i didn't yeah, have the work it be yes if i didn't have those drives and and those goals and i always say it doesn't matter if you don't achieve your goal 100% but the fact that you stro- strove towards it and you might have only gotten 50% of what you had in your head or 60 or 70 or whatever but sometimes good enough is good enough I'm not going to beat myself up over not achieving 100% on every single thing on my list, but I'm going for every single one of them, and I'm always going to see a degree of result. And the important thing is that you make the effort to actually achieve it. Yeah, I don't know any other way to live. If I, if yeah, it's just it's almost like I'm on auto drive with okay. this sort of so thing. So then, what motivates you? As in, what's the end goal? Do you know what I mean? I mean, you've been doing acting for as long as I've known you, and I remember when. Shit, you know what? The first thing that I cast him in, I cast you in as well. You don't remember? Is that that horror? Yeah. Short? Yeah. I just realized it. 
you were both on one of my film sets. I was the casting agent. I was also the I was a producer. I was also the audio producer, the engineer. Was that the one where and I and a got, set director? Was that the one where I got naked? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I saw I saw things that night. That's <laughs> it. The first production. That's the only production I've actually I've done with either of you guys. Mm. But that was two thousand and nine. Mm. You know what I mean? And the other day when I did that rant about uh, Ryan Maloney and the carcasses at Neighbours, <laughs> I brought up his CV. <laughs> yeah. Ryan Maloney's cracking the shits because he's not getting real time at the Logies and, you know. Who's that? Guy plays Toadie. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. He's the one guy that's been there for like 30 years. Maybe if I saw his face. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. But he cracked the shits because he didn't get enough, like there were people on- the in memoriam spiel at the Logies about neighbours that he goes, oh, people that have been on the show for 30 years haven't even got their flowers, you know what I mean? This is bullshit, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, hold the phone, man. This guy, his CV is fucking packed and stacked with actual fucking roles in oh. series that made a dent. Who the fuck is Ryan Malone to demand flowers at the Logies? What has he done? As one of Australia's best fucking TV stars, what, longevity? Fuck off. They should have killed this show off 20 years ago when it stopped making money. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, as far as action, like, and that, look, I'm not asking you to throw any one of your colleagues and counterparts under the bus, right? I'm not going to do that to you. I will, because I don't give a fuck about any of these people. <laughs> fuck them. No, but it, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about substance here. Mm. You've got these pseudo-celebrities that have done nothing but star on, you know, Neighbours. It's like, hang on. We all want, at one point, we all got up to want to be actors, right? All of us here have appeared in short films mm. in some capacity, mm. some acting thing in some capacity, right? We've all got an experience in that. So, let's just say we've, we, we all know what like it's like, right? Mm. These dickheads, they didn't go further than neighbours. And they sat in it and, wall- and, and wallowed in it until they got... Warming their own shit. I'm not going to piss in your pockets to make you feel warm on top of it. You've had job security for 30 fucking years, but now you want flowers because your piece of shit show is ending and you have to get a real fucking job? No. I've got a dozen mates that have done actual acting gigs with a CV for the last 10 years. And you know what? Alex's motivation to be an actor and a thespian and, you know, <clears throat> explore his craft goes beyond anything they ever taught at Neighbours as a, as a fucking launch pad. Look at Guy Pierce, right? He started on Neighbours. Mm. Guy Pierce was in Memento. Mm. <laughs> fucking brilliant movie. Do you reckon Guy Pierce has the same motivation as Ryan Maloney? Mm. Why is it that these stars, or like, what's her name? Um, the girl that was in uh, The Wolf of Wall Street. Well, uh, Margot Robbie. Yeah. She's an A-list actor now, mm-hmm. right? Oh. Um, and whatever acting abilities is, like, it's, you know, uh, subjective, right? Yeah. Form your own but opinion. But she's on the A-list. But she's on the A-list. Yeah. How does she get on that A-list? Is it because she's blonde, blue-eyed, and pretty? Can't be just that. Because- Multivariate dude, dude, reasons. Yeah. What's, there are plenty of fucking Aussie actors that were on Neighbours in East Street and all the other shows yeah. that look like Margot Robbie that didn't yeah. get that fucking big. Exactly. Yeah. It's hard. It's it's a lot of things. It's hard work. It's it's really hard work. It's tenacity. It's it's having vision. It's having. Uh, it's being good with you know networking and you know. 
I mean, what does it take to get to where you want to get to? You know, it, it, it can take a lot. But that's my point. We're talking specifically about acting now, right? Mm. Take a look. You know what? Do you know what I get a lot of, like, not pleasure out of, but you know what makes me smile? Every time some idiot starts a cooking page on Instagram, you know, mm. or a, like some sort of media music handle, something creative, or they start some side hustle where they're making T-shirts or some shit, mm. right? Usually, I so bought that out a lot. Everyone suddenly became a DIY expert on everything, right? I can make ceramic mugs at home and sell them. No, you can't. You bought a kiln. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Give me a break, right? But this is what pisses me off. It doesn't piss me off. It makes me laugh. Every time they get excited, they get ramped up, join my Instagram page, join this page, join that page. All right, cool. I'll show support. Here's a like. It goes dead after three weeks. There's four posts. Three from 2019, two from 2020, one from 2021. But they have the balls to declare themselves that they are A, B, and C subset of whatever the hell this page is. It makes me laugh because anything creative like this has to like come from the ground up and it won't grow unless you fucking keep at it. Mm, at it. Yeah. You know what I mean? 100%. Dude, I remember when you used to do like Easter Bunny fucking gigs at Westfield. Uh, oh, you mean Santa Claus. <laughs> Father Christmas. Was it Father Christmas? Oh, maybe, yeah. I've, I thought you did I've, Easter I've, Bunny I've as well. It, I've done every kind of gig. But that's what I mean. Yeah. Well, that was just me trying to keep the dream alive uh, for as long as I did. Yeah, and but you did it. Yeah, man, I, I have. You know, I mean, it. It. I mean, I've kept. I've kept at it because for me, it's been something that's. It's always been a, you know, a source of great fulfillment and joy. I just. I, I just love acting. Um, you know, and and even if it, if it wasn't a career path, if if I didn't even cho- if I didn't choose it to be. Um, a career path, I would still be doing it in some capacity because I, I, I enjoy it. I love, I love, you know, entertaining people. I love, I like to, to perform, you know, it's part of who I am. It's part of my personality, but, but man, it's, you know, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough slog and, you know, you don't, something like that, which is a creative pursuit, it's extremely difficult to, you know, find, get success. You know what I mean? And, I was watching this uh, Jordan Peterson video uh-huh. where he was talking about- uh, okay. Where he was talking about- uh, We're an hour and 40 minutes in and we've come to the uh, the Great White Hope. Oh, <laughs> all right. Just, no, no, I was wondering how long it was going to take three dudes who were pretty masked to get to Jordan oh, Peterson. to get to Jordan Peterson. Hour and 42 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was interesting because it was like studies done on creativity or, or creative achievement and most people end up- it's only like five percent of people that actually uh, are successful, like creatively, that they can actually, you know, where they can actually. Um, I don't know. I mean, it depends on how you define success, really. But, okay, well, that's a good yeah. question. How would you define success? I'll start with you over here. <laughs> Being genuinely happy, as yeah? simple as that sounds. Yeah, to me, it's not a dollar figure. It's being able to. Be honest with yourself and 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 say to yourself, "Yeah, I'm generally genuinely happy." Yeah, it's as simple as that. Beyond content, right? Yes, because this was a question that was asked of me at work, actually, at the office. They said to me, uh, as part of a mid-year review, said, "What's your definition of success?" And that's pretty much all I said. How'd that go? Well, they understood it. Okay, that's the person good. that I was working with, they got that because you, yeah, could, you can be honest with yourself. That was your 
or be no no uh, that that you can be honest with yourself in that you're genuinely generally genuinely happy. That's what success is to me. Being generally genuinely happy in life, and you know, it, in terms of this question at work, you know, some people might might answer it within the scope of the corporation or you know a, a job. But for me, that that didn't even come into it. Yeah. Because to me, success is is much, much, much broader than that. So that that's how I that's how I define it. Yeah. But also, you know, I mentioned before, striving towards certain goals that I have in life. That I'll consider that a secondary form of success if I get to tick certain things, ticking certain things off this list and saying. Someone had asked me. Yeah, this, someone had said to me ages ago that why can't someone just be happy with you know getting a job. And having a family and blah, blah, blah. Well, they can be. I never said you can't. Hmm. Yeah. But it's about getting the job and not being miserable because you have a shit job or because it's not the job that Sarah next door has or yeah. doesn't have. It's about having a family and not taking it out on your kids Yeah, because you didn't achieve everything you thought you would achieve. <clears throat> I said it ages ago. Um, I tweeted it. I can't remember the exact quote, but it was something about, you know, Weak people that blame that use their kids as scapegoats for all their mis um, misfirings and haphazard attempts to achieve you know childhood dreams and shit like that. You know, like using the kids and the wife as oh, I could have been a, you know a, well, an AFL star, but chose to have a family instead. But then it's I like, think fuck it, off, you didn't. Well, you're not taking responsibility for your own choices. But that's my life. point. And what are these? I mean, we've discussed this before. You know, people talk about dreams, dreams, dreams. Well, what are they? Yeah. And how achievable are they? How realistic are they for people, you know, in yeah, certain I'm, situations? I'm 38 with a bad back, bad knees. I'm not going to play in the NBA. I'm under six foot four. Mm. I'd love to, to have played in the NBA, mm. but I never set out to do it. Yeah. And those dreams weren't tangible and like mm. tangible sort of fucking things. You know what yeah, I mean? It has to be. It has to be within. I think it has to. I don't know. It's weird. I mean, it depends what, you know. Depends how you look at it. I mean, some people say that, you know, your dreams should be outside of your reach. You know, they should, they should be, you should think of the, like, that's the whole point of having a dream that you don't think that you might be able to get or that you think is beyond your grasp. Other people might say, well, that's you deluding yourself and you need to kind of aim lower and more realistically. Mm. So, I don't know. But then you're surrounded by toxic people that never, ever attempt their dreams or anything beyond, you know, beyond the, the horizons of what the people around them did, mm. either mm. for fear of failure, fear mm. of judgment. Not everyone has big, uh, not everyone has ambitious dreams, though. That's the thing. No. No, yeah. like we said, you know, some with that scenario you mentioned before, you know, there's nothing wrong with that in itself. And some people are happy, genuinely happy living that way. And that's good for them. But the problem is that most people aren't. They just bitch about it. They well, talk about the, le- the they path might not, not be, traveled. No, but they might not be happy with the specific situation that they're in, but the outlining idea is okay. Like, for example, that marriage and, and the kids and that, they might like the idea of marriage, but they might not particularly like who they're married to. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they yeah, might, I've dealt with They that. might like the idea of working in a certain industry, but they just don't like the company they've ended up in. Or the job that or they the have. Or the department. Yeah. Because some departments in big companies suck and other departments aren't so bad. So, it, you know, it really, it really does depend on that. 
You know, I know so many people that are in relationships slash marriages that should not, they shouldn't be together. Oh, in my opinion, dude, you can tell they stay together for fear of being alone because they have children. They don't want to cowardice, man. Yeah, no cowardice to break the norm and the standard set before them. Yeah, or the judgmental eyes of other people. Yeah, yeah. or they feel like you know that they can't make it on their own, or you know whatever it might be. So they stay in these relationships. These I said marriages. this in my last recording that was on my own. I said that. Dreams should not be capped. Ambition should not be capped by parents, friends, family. Like, no one should ever be able to tell you, oh, why do you need to do that for? Why do you need to achieve this for? Don't you have enough? What's, what's it going to take to make you happy? This was good enough for us. Why do you have to do any different? So, have you had that said to you? Of course I have. Mm. Dude, I remember back when I was 19, 19, 20 years old, my group of mates, my cool group of mates at that time, right? My cousin was part of that group. I remember I was just about to start audio engineering and my cousin was about to start, I think, civil engineering or something like that. And we were both talking about going to London because like both career paths were like, they were the breeding grounds at that time, right? Mid 2000s. If you wanted an audio job, construction and design and shit was getting really big in, in the UK. And we were talking, just, just talking, man, like just talking shit about it. Yeah. One of our mates was like, what do you need to do that for? I'm like, cause it's, be fucking sick like we we want to progress and it's like and his parents owned a furniture shop but not a manufacturer like a warehouse right cypriots <laughs> yeah throw back to like the 90s you know what i mean and he's like oh this was you know what's wrong with just having getting a job and having a family and stuff i go well we can do that but we can do this now you know like it's something to look at oh you know it was it was good enough for our parents you know why does it have to be any different for us are you saying that you're better than your parents? I'm like, what's wrong with wanting more than what our parents had? Our parents came from overseas looking for a better life. Why can't we look for more? Mm. I think it's human nature too. You know, there's nothing wrong with ambition because it gives you drive. I oh. mean, it, yeah, it, but I know so many people that are capped at what their parents achieved. Right. Even if that maxes out mm. at had kids. Yeah. That that's it. You ask them for the family scrapbook. Like, what have you oh. fucking done? What have you seen? Like, this planet is fucking huge, man. Some people aren't interested. And that's another thing you just have to accept. Some people aren't interested in this planet. They're not interested in seeing the world. No, They're just not. You don't have to see the world, but you have to see more than past your toes. You They're know, not interested. They're just tying gen- your shoelaces But I up. believe there are a, a lot of people that genuinely are just not interested. Their, their, their brains just don't go there. So, I think the answer is that these people probably aren't they're meant not, f- they're they're not not meant for you in any- Oh, no. Yeah, They're not I- curious. They're not, cu- no, yeah, you're right. They're not yeah. curious. They They're don't have those wider interests. And that's just their personality. That's their personality. Yeah. The thing that annoys me is the fact that the w- society, human, like humankind, mm. is built on resilience and progression. Those two things that we overlook all the time, right? Human beings are fucking resilient. We have survived mm. nukes from above. We've survived. Yeah. You know, changing of climate, we've survived predators, we've survived everything, natural disasters, whatever. Yeah. Mass famine. We've survived, and, and the irony is, in the, in the, <clears throat> as far as the industrial revolution and world, you know, when, you know, modern history, we're our biggest threat, right? The irony of it all. But human beings are fucking resilient. Mm. It also bases on the fact of fucking progression. The people that did see past the fucking fence of the front yard- mm. 
they wanted to keep advancing. Yeah, but the, that's the, there are p- people that are meant for that. They're meant for continuing to push the horizon. And then there are other people that have to keep the machines going. And they're the people that keep the machine going. And they're not the kind of people that you're talking about. But we still need those people. No, to, no, to I keep, agree. To keep it oh. going, you know. So we all need each other. <laughs> Maybe one of so yeah. <laughs> to, You're forgetting, dude. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I don't Maybe know. what's annoying you as well is that, you know. Grundy Productions is following this guy right now. So. I, I, don't, I don't care about what. what <laughs> no, I'm saying the truth. I'm saying, I'm saying you're talking about, because you're, you know, you are, you're someone that does push the envelope. You are someone that kind of, you know, you're creative in that way. You're quite open. So there is, you, there is a, there's a reason for that. You know, there, there, you, there's a purpose for, for the way that you think, you know what I mean? And so a lot of people aren't going to get that. And, but a lot of people do get it and they value it. And, and the point, the point is that you understand it, you value it and you know, you keep doing what you do. Okay. Wait, we sort of glossed over it. All right. But Simo gave a really good answer, a, a real, um, articulate answer as far as what's what, 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 my answer's not articulate here. No, <laughs> what I'm asking is what actually drives you. I mean, we got Simo's like four or five, you know, polarized um, goals that mm-hmm. he walks around with constantly at the yep. back of his sort of mind. Okay. And everything he does sort of force. I'm assuming everything you do, like a good chunk of it is in order to achieve this subset of goals, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you align your, your, you align yourself to be able to tick some of these things off. Yeah. Long-term, short-term, whatever it is. Yeah. Exactly. He has, so a, what purpose. You- he has a very strong purpose. Yeah. So, what's yeah. yours then? What, what actually gets you motivated to get up? That's a good question. It yeah. is a good what question. Motivates- I've been doing this a while, man. <laughs> what motivates us to get up in the morning and be- Yeah. yeah. He gave us his subset of, of, of tasks yeah. that he wants to achieve long-term and short-term, and everything is geared around- well, he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't specifically no, no, say what they were. He didn't were. say what they that's were, and that's an on good, him. Good pick. Yeah, no, no, yeah. I, know, I got that. To mention it. We're yeah. it's world domination. Yeah. God knows what it is, right? <laughs> yeah. But he's around meticulous structure. Yeah, he's very structured sight. in his approach. Yeah. So yes. then what is it that keeps driving you? Well, it's not what it is, okay. but the question is how. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> the who and what is seemingly... <laughs> Ask the big question: Why? Well, the thing is, I, I admire Simo's uh, structure and the way that he goes about it. You know, I wish I was—I had that level of discipline. And I, I, me too, man. Yeah, I don't. I can't say that I. I, I don't think that I do. You know, I, I strive. I strive to, uh, but um, for me, it's about. For me, it is about. Um, it is about inspiration. I want to be inspired. Obviously, whatever's going to drive me has to make me want to get up in the morning. Mm. Um, but the application of that is the key, you know, and that's what you were talking about before, you know, being really clear, very uh, disciplined in your approach to your goals, you know, and I think that goes a long way in you achieving them. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, it also depends on, I guess, where, what kind, where, um, what kind of a, where, you want to achieve like what areas of life your uh, your goals are kind of um, are in. So, for example, um, your line of work, you know, is very different from my line of work, and uh, it's I I, I live uh, my my line of work is quite fickle. Things are changing all the time, so I have to have a certain level of flexibility and adaptability to how things are constantly changing. Now, I could have a goal. Let's say, for for example, 
you know, my goal is to, um, you know, let's say make it in Hollywood or, you know, big do, do some big movie or whatever. Now, I can think, okay, the best way to go about that is go A, B, C, but I might, something might come out of left field. So, for example, I might do something, right? I might do a gig that I did, say, six months ago that I thought, that, that I thought kind of like, you know, that was kind of like whatever. I didn't really think much of it. But then that might come back and pay dividends later that someone might see that and go, oh, fuck. Yeah, he was really good in that. We're going to give him this other role based on this role. And I would never have seen that coming. So I have to constantly remain, I feel like I've got to constantly remain open to potential opportunities that are constantly coming my way. And I have to be able to pivot and and change kind of, change course, change, kind of change my, my uh, still going in the same direction, but like cha- pivoting, you know what so I mean? So what you're saying is be like water, my friend. A little bit, yeah. It's it's about being flexible, you know, and 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 kind of adapting to what. Man, it's I mean, it's it's a fucking crazy business, man. Okay, so it's then- a crazy business. I, I was on a corporate gig, you know, like this. Give you an example. I was doing a corporate gig in Woodend, working for um, a consultancy firm that work with companies, and they work with their staff, and um they work with this particular firm works with scientists and and it was an in-house thing it was like an hr thing and we had to come in as actors and perform like these simulations where they have to talk to their employee and stuff it's you know to, to develop their interpersonal skills right great gig and i love doing that stuff um i do a lot of different kind of stuff and then Literally on that gig, at the end of it, my agent's ringing me going, hey, they've offered you this gig in Sydney. Can you fly up tonight? <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, I don't think I can. So I have to, you know, it was the next morning I, f- I flew up to Sydney for the gig. So that's how it is. Yeah, no, I yeah, get it. Yeah. So but to ask you the question that I asked him, mm. like end goal, he said that he just he wants to be genu- generally genuinely happy. Okay. That's what motivates him. And that could mean a number of different things. Yeah, in whatever way you yeah. want to interpret it, that's yeah. an overarching theme. What about yourself? What's the end goal? Can you bring it down to something that basic? Well- When uh, I mean basic, I don't mean shallow. I just mean as bluntly simple. As, as simple. Yeah. Uh, well, no, because I think, well, I, I think there's a bit of a paradox to his answer because he wants to be genuine- Generally, genuinely happy. That's what success means to me. But the which thing, is what your, your but question is, was. But this yeah. is the thing. Success is what not- What does success mean to but you? Hang on yeah. a second. Success is not an end point. It's not an end point for him. Because he's not going, oh, once I get to that point, I'm going to be generally, genuinely happy. The pursuit of that goal is what's giving him that sense of fulfillment. It's, it's giving him that satisfaction. It's giving him that happiness. Yeah, because I've, if I didn't have that, then I wouldn't be happy. Exactly. No. So, it's not that I'm miserable now, and then when I get there, I'm going to be happy. That's wow. that's the fallacy. It's that's, not that. That's a mistake. To it's a mistake. Yeah. So, the very pursuit of having a, a goal, having something to work towards, is what gives you that, that sense of meaning, that sense mm. of satisfaction, and- and it's got to be something that you want to do that galvanizes you. You know, for me, it has been acting so far. It still is. Um, but it has broadened, okay, because because of life, because I do want to have, I do want to achieve other things in my life other than acting, okay? So, that's it. But as long as you're kind of moving towards something, I think, and as long as you feel like you're making progress, I think that's 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 important. 
Yeah. See, that's yeah. what I was saying about the progress thing. It's key to humanity's survival. Progression. Mm. Everyone well, should be waking up with progression on their brain. Here's a question for us. I mean, how important is fatherhood to us? Is that in our mind? Is that a goal? Is that something that we would like to? Sure. Yeah. I would. Yeah. At some because, point. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I feel that that's if I never have children, that'll be the one regret I will take to my grave. I think honestly, it will. That would probably hurt. That the only thing that would hurt is if I never become a father. Mm. A father, specifically a father, yeah. as in as in a biologically yeah, 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 children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my own. Yeah, not a mother. <laughs> not a mother. No. You're, not, you're not planning on getting pregnant anytime soon. No, I don't have Sire a. Children. I don't have a uterus. You know, Sire children. Sire. <laughs> which can one day betroth- be betrothed to yeah. uh, a marquee <laughs> or a duke or a. Count or a baron, yeah. <laughs> yes, your sire. My sire. What about you? Let's flip it over to you. Someone said to me, you know, because uh, you guys know, like, I, I don't stop working and I, n- I never really have. Because you work half of the money. It's not just money, though. I'm doing this for free. Someone said to me the other day, is the studio viable anymore? I said, it never was. <laughs> if anyone ever saw my finances, they'd be like, you can't afford this. Look, you nuts. But I just did it anyway. Because it meant that much to me that I had to fucking do it. Yeah. And I said to him on the, I was talking to him on the phone because I said to him, he's like, "Hey, you gone anyway?" And I said, "Oh, oh, just shit, it's a fan. You know, my car's fucked. This is fucked. Blah blah blah. You know, I got to pay for this, this is that." He's like, "Man, he goes, the studio must be taking out a big chunk of your wage." I'm like, "Yeah, it does." And he goes, "Yeah, is it even viable anymore?" I said, and my words were, "It never was. If it was vi- if it was, if I had to wait for viability, I'd never have the fucking studio, like ever." Yeah, so what are you doing? I go, mate, okay, I'm working seven days a week, but if I could be in there for free three days a week, I would fucking do it. I would not care because that is part of the goal. When I was a kid, you know, when I was a teenager, all I wanted was a record. This isn't even the type of studio that I wanted, right? When I pictured a studio, I pictured like, you know, glass window, big mixer board, all that sort of shit, recording bands. I have no interest in that anymore. Mm. I'd prefer this because it's worked to that. So then when you look at like, you know, me working seven days a week and all that sort of shit, how are you exhausted and like how you keep going? And like you, you were saying before, your parents said that you must be uh, relentless. That's something that people call me as well, oh. right? And it's like, okay, then why are you doing this? Because I want to. Everything, like you, I've got a set of goals or whatever they are, but it's probably not as defined as you, I'd imagine yours would be. My goals aren't defined the way yours are. Mine are more overarching like, I want to be gener- generally, genuinely happy beyond contentment, like, as in being content, but I want to do it. I don't care what it is. Whatever the plan is, is always going to change. There's never a plan B. Plan A just changes, mm. right? Our friend Andy said that to me once, like 15 years ago. There is no plan B. A will change to suit whatever the hell you want to be doing. Don't resort to like second best because there's no point. You got to f- whatever the goal is, make that the goal, and that's it. Don't don't be prepared to fall back on a second tier acceptance. Like, all right, this will do. You know, if I don't get A, I'll just get B. Mm. Fuck that. Go for A mm. and die trying going for A. Mm. You know what I mean? If that's what's going to make you happy. Yeah. If you're happy with B, then just take fucking B and be done with it. Mm. Anyway, so my big driver is the fact that because these were the other thing we're talking about, whether we're products of our environment. And does, you know, family and society, micro and macro influence 
what your goals are and what your level uh-huh. of, of contentment is. I grew up in a house where money always felt like it was scarce, mm. like scarce. Even though when I look back at it as an adult, we're lower middle class, you know what I mean? Mm. Or upper lower class, somewhere there. But that's the environment I grew up under because my old man's fears. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. His fears were literally instilled in me for 20 odd, 25 years. Yeah. Until I stepped out of that, started taking risks and taking care of my mental health and listening to that inner voice, Mm. only then did things start changing. Yeah. I work seven days a week. Investments are completely overstretched, drafted out, overdrafted to the shithouse, no credit, no nothing, but- my mental health is at the best it's ever been, ever. Right. Because I genuinely wake up happy. That's great. Do you know what I mean? I'm exhausted. I have things I need to do. And it's like, fuck, but it doesn't feel like it's never ending. Mm. It's all for these goals. Mm. Achieving independence, living on my terms to some degree as best as I can. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For yeah. me, that is the outline to be able to do what I want to do eventually with no, with completely unfettered. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I'm not talking about waking up and buying a yacht and going to Monaco, but like realistic, tangible shit, mm. but shit that most people probably take for granted that I actually have never had. Okay. I took a two week holiday this week, this year mm. that was paid for. Like I had a salary paying my time off which I've never had ever in my entire life. Yeah, annual leave. Yeah. Yeah. I've never had annual leave paid for me. Mm. I got to 38 before I ever experienced that. And I've mm. worked every fucking day since I was 14. Oh. Do you know what I mean? That's something people take for granted. It's like, oh, you'd be getting a big payout when you leave. <laughs> what payout? <laughs> Been casual employed for like how many years? You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. But that that is what motivates me. Like I've obviously done the media thing. I've done all this shit which hasn't panned out to the way that I wanted it to. So I had to reset the goalposts and find new drive. Yeah. It's like, all right, cool. Well, if I can't be the NBA player, fuck it. I'll be the NBA agent that makes more money than the NBA player and has more fucking freedom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because during the off season, he's holidaying, not fucking training. Training. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Reassess. You know? I do all these audio things, like all this shit, and if I get voiceover gig, voiceover gigs as a byproduct of that, then good, so be it. Mm. I don't have the money to get an agent or push for work, mm. so I'll have to create my own work. Mm. You know what I mean?